0: Hello, everyone, and welcome inside the home office. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this is NEC Football on the Run. This season, we're taking you on the big journey from the opening kick all the way to the final gun of the 27th season of Northeast Conference football. And we start right here with the season premiere coming off of week zero, which, by the way, quick sidebar, even though we just started, where do we get week zero from? Zero means nothing. They're playing games that count. That's not nothing. That's something. And something's not nothing. I know this is starting to sound like a Seinfeld routine, but it's true. I I mean, I'm not the one who mislabeled the week and everyone decided to run with it. That's not my fault. So for the purpose of this show, there's no such thing as week zero. We can kind of meet in the middle. We'll call it the week of games before the first official week. I know that's not as catchy as week zero, but it's much more accurate. So with that in mind, Coming off of the week of games before the first official week, here are our top headlines. We put them together in this lovely opening segment we like to call the pick six. Let's get you caught up to speed on some preseason items. And we start with NEC football virtual media day, which took place back on august the 3rd kicking things off and setting the table for the brand new season all eight nec football teams were represented on the broadcast with players and coaches chatting with our very own paul DeTino. and the 2022 preseason poll and preseason all conference teams were revealed as well for those that may have missed it after winning titles in both the spring and fall of 2021. The Sacred Heart Pioneers were forecasted to run it back again in 2022, voted to the top spot by the league's coaches, followed in order by Duke, Kane, St. Francis U and Central Connecticut State, rounding out the top four. The Pioneers are looking to become the first team to 3 in NEC football since Robert Morris won at least a share of the first five NEC titles from 1996 through the year 2000. Both Sacred Heart and Duquesne led the way by placing seven players each on the preseason all-conference teams. The Pioneers are led by first-teamers, quarterback Marquez McCray, running back Malik Grant, wide receiver Kenneth Womack, and offensive lineman John Mucciolo. And the Dukes are led by their first-teamers, running back Billy Lucas, wide receiver Joey Isabella, and offensive lineman Vincent Lumia. And by the way, if you happen to miss Media Day, not too late to go back and check it out to get ready for the upcoming season. You can go back and catch the replay on demand on NEC Front Row. Headline number two, we have a brand new program in the NEC this year that we want to introduce you to. Let's meet the Stonehill Skyhawks. Stonehill coming over from the Northeast 10. They won a regular season championship back in 2013. And for the last two seasons, they finished with winning records, going 8-2 and overall and 6-2 and in league play just last year, which was their best record since their 2013 championship campaign. Sixth-year head coach Eli Gardner told our own Paul Dettino during the Media Day broadcast that the Skyhawks' big goal this year, their first season at the FCS level, is to establish an identity and compete. They've been building their program over the last few years, and they're looking to demonstrate that here at the FCS level. They'll start by getting to work this weekend, D2's Bloomsburg, and post the first two teams on their list before back-to-back bye weeks to close out September. They'll get their first taste of NEC action October the 1st when they host Duquesne. And by the way, Stonehill and Merrimack, both ineligible for the NEC's FCS bid during their reclassification process. Up next, we look at some NEC football alumni who spent their summer heating up NFL camps across the country, including former Central Connecticut statewide receiver, Tyshawn James, who was with the Atlanta Falcons, former Sacred Heart offensive lineman, Josh Sokol, who was impressive with the Minnesota Vikings, former Duquesne offensive lineman, Jake Dixon, who went from being a Pittsburgh Steelers season ticket holder to actually suiting up in a preseason game for the Steelers this year, quite the story. And of course, former secret running back Julius Chestnut, who ran 26 times for 106 yards and a touchdown in three games this summer for the Tennessee Titans. The former NEC Offensive Player of the Year back in the spring of 2021 ran for nearly 3,500 yards in four seasons with the Pioneers. He scored a preseason touchdown just this past weekend, powering his way into the end zone in the Titans' final preseason contest against the Cardinals. Now there's one AEC alum who won't be suiting up for the NFL anytime soon, but he has a pretty good excuse only because he's heading to the squared circle in the WWE. Former Duquesne Dukes offensive lineman Roman Masick went down to Texas during WrestleMania weekend this past spring, attended a three-day tryout, and he was one of the select few to come away with an official contract offer. Masek recently announced on social media that he was foregoing his final year of eligibility with Duquesne to officially accept the WWE's offer. The former high school heavyweight wrestler back in the PIAA is now at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando as we speak, where he is in training to become the next WrestleMania main eventer and the next WWE superstar. Now, I'm going to guess if you see him down the road on WWE TV, He's probably not going to be called Roman because WWE already has a Roman who's doing pretty well. You can't have two Romans, but whatever character, whatever persona they come up with, we wish Mace the best of luck and congratulations with WWE. Now, speaking of the Dukes, they were the lone NEC team in action during the week of games before the first official week as they traveled down to Florida to take on the Seminoles of Florida State. After the game start time was delayed about an hour and a half due to weather because, well, it's Florida in August. Of course, it was delayed. It would have been a story if it wasn't delayed due to weather. But once it finally got going, so did the Seminoles. They came out fast out of the gate, scoring 33 unanswered points before the Dukes finally found the end zone in the third quarter. A 22-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Joe Mishler to wide receiver Abdul Janna. Florida State would go on to win the opener by the final score of 47 to 7, but some positive takeaways for Duquesne. They did not turn the football over. They only allowed one sack. And preseason all NEC punter Michael Baraducci had a couple of pretty punts down inside the 20. Got to give some love to those special teamers. And finally, when you look at the Duquesne silver linings from their opener against the Seminoles, you have to look to their quarterback, Joe Mischler, who started the game returning to action for the first time since suffering a devastating knee injury early in the first quarter of last year's season opener at TCU. Remember in the spring of 2021, Michelle led Duquesne to overtime of the NEC championship game against Sacred Heart. Well, he had a huge comeback this past weekend. In his return on Saturday, he went seven for 17 passing for 71 yards and that 22-yard touchdown in the third quarter. We have more on Mishler's big return from Joe himself as he joins us as our very first guest this season here on NEC Football on the Run. We're now joined by Duquesne Jr. quarterback Joe Mishler. Joe, thank you so much for taking some time to join us this week.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Now, Duquesne first team out of the gate. They played this past weekend at Florida State. What what was it like for you to take the field on Saturday on two different levels. One, you know, playing at Doe Campbell Stadium, it's Florida State, On the, and on the other side, for you, coming back one year after the injury and last year's opener, for things to kind of come full circle, what was it like for you coming out of that tunnel?
1: Yeah, I think uh, as a team, it's obviously very exciting, and, you know, it doesn't take much to get hyped up to play in front of 60,000 70,000 people, so we were all really excited for the opportunity, and, um, you know, that's, that's something that our program's been building to for For a long time now to get big games like that and to be able to go play on that stage and, uh, you know, create some recognition for the NEC and for uh, for Duquesne football. So we were all really excited for that. And um, on a personal level, obviously, it was a uh, short season last year for me, but it was fun to be back out there with the guys. And, you know, that's um, that's why you play the game is to be out there with your teammates and have some fun. And uh, that's what we did. So I, I was happy to be back out there
0: what were some of the positive takeaways that you guys had coming away from that game and maybe you can impart down the road here this season?
1: Yeah, I think we did some good things. Um, A lot to clean up as with every first game of uh, every year, you know. Um, I think we could be a little bit better with just just the small details and that will go a long way for us. But, uh, you know, I think we we really did well with uh, the atmosphere, you know, their size and speed. I thought we I thought we matched up pretty well with them in, uh, in a lot of different aspects and we were able to run most of our stuff. Um, I think we had a good game plan going in and I think our defense did a great job too with the new defense coordinator this year and um, everybody working really hard in the off season to, to come together and uh, start learning that. And I think they executed pretty well. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's always exciting week one, you get to find out a little bit about yourself, but you, you also find out, uh, a heck of a lot more from week one to two. Uh, That's something that Coach Schmidt told us today. So uh, I'm excited to see how we're going to bounce back this
0: week. Uh, We'll talk about that game in a second, but I do have to bring up, uh, you know, during the broadcast, uh, your teammate, offensive lineman number 50, Greg Poland, kind of went viral. It kind of broke the internet there for a little bit. They cut him on the sidelines. There was this optical illusion with his undershirt that made it look like his pants were up to his armpits. So a lot of questions I'm going to ask you into one here. Uh, you know, what was first of all confirm that was an optical illusion. That wasn't really his pants. But then, you know, what was his reaction? What was the team's reaction? How much fun have you guys kind of had with this?
1: Yeah, no, it, it was a hundred percent an undershirt. I don't think there's a <laughs> pair of football pants in the world that would would fit a person like that, especially not Greg. I mean, he's six eight, so uh <laughs> but pretty funny. It, it, I mean, he took it well and um as with any of that stuff, it's all you know, you're laughing with them, you're not laughing at them, and um but yeah, I mean, it went viral pretty fast. That was something that we all didn't even think was going on until, until we got on the plane or when we landed and got back. So um, yeah, an interesting, interesting thing that happened. And it really did look at first glance like it was pants. But no, it was an undershirt and the red pants together.
0: I mean, it goes up there with the, the gold white dress or the blue, you know, from a couple of years ago. Now switching gears, I, I read that your dad was a longtime high school football coach. What were some of the the biggest piece of coaching or advice that he kind of gave to you as you were growing up?
1: Yeah, my dad was a coach at Cathedral Prep in Erie, which is where I went to high school for over 20 years. And, um, you know, he won five state championships and had a great career. He actually just recently retired and it was great because, uh, you know, he's able to make the game last night, and sometimes that's tough with Friday night games, so uh, it was cool having him there, and, um, but, you know, I I wouldn't be able to tell you everything he's taught me through coaching, and just being my dad throughout my life, and um, great role model for me, and, you know, he's like one, he's like a best friend to me more than he is a coach or, or a dad, so he's he's great, He taught me so much about the game, um, X's and O's, but uh, mainly just, you know, football is a game of ups and downs, and you have to be able to adjust to that, and and keep your head focused and everything. And, um, you know, with being injured last year, you kind of ups and downs are a little bit different. You're not on the field, but you have to battle them still the same way. And um, that's probably the number one thing I, I take away from him is just being able to get through every situation and just keep pushing forward.
0: All right. And you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, looking ahead now, the quick switch from week one to week two this weekend duquesne is is moving on to youngstown state so what are some things here in the early stages of the week that you know about them what might be some keys for you guys coming up this weekend
1: yeah uh similar to us they have a new defense coordinator this year so um also with us being a week zero game and them being week one we don't really have much film on them uh so that gives them a little bit of a, an advantage with watching us from from last week and all that but you know, uh, you have to adjust and you have to be able to you know, have a game plan in place and be able to uh, run with it on the fly if they come out and do something we're not expecting. So obviously, we, um, you know, great program. It's had some uh, success in the past and uh, we've also played them in the past, too. So um, we're excited for this matchup. It's, it's a little bit closer than Florida State. So it's a little <laughs> bit of an easier trip for us and we're ready to go out there and compete and um, try to get our first win in the season.
0: All right, and to wrap things up, we have our rapid fire, the final five questions. We know you're good at avoiding defenders. We'll see how elusive you are here with these heavy hitters. Well, you know, first thing that comes to mind, all right, we'll rapid, rapid fire them off, okay? Sounds good. All right, first question. Your favorite pregame meal could either be the night before or the morning of. What's your go-to? Chicken, baked
1: potato, and uh, Caesar salad.
0: Okay. Your favorite player to watch play could be currently or even from the past. Drew Brees. Okay. Now we, we talked about uh, Greg's fashion faux pas. I want to know what was your biggest fashion faux pas? Did you ever have like a bare hair, bad haircut for picture day? Wear like the wrong shirt with the stain on it or something? What was the biggest fashion faux pas that you can remember?
1: I had the old school bowl cut till my freshman year of high school. I actually had it for a brief period of time through high school. So that was rough.
0: There you go. Now, another one of your your teammates, former offensive lineman for Duquesne and Roman Masick, is now at the WWE. Um, he's in training. If you were a WWE character and you had to create like this nickname or persona for yourself, what would your character or nickname be?
1: Uh, I'll be the Michelin man, like Michelin tires. That's one of my Very nicknames good. on the team. So
0: the Michelin man's the new world champion. <laughs> it has a ring to it, right? That's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 finally fill in the blank finish the sentence to win the NEC championship this year, Duquesne will have to flank.
1: Just play to our ability.
0: There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joe, and and best of luck coming up this week against Youngstown State. And of course, best of luck the rest of the season. I appreciate it. It's time now for our very first stat chat of the new season. Going into the second full weekend of games last year, NEC teams were 0-24 all time against teams from the FBS. But that all changed when Duquesne went to Athens, Ohio, and upset the Ohio Bobcats nearly one year ago on September 11th of 2021. It was the NEC's historic first-ever victory on the gridiron over an FBS team. Now, there will be more opportunities for NEC teams coming up this fall. Hopefully, that trend can continue. And there's even some big FBS games coming up this weekend on the ledger toledo yukon and akron and for more on that let's take a look at what's coming up this week on tap the week one slate has all eight nec teams in action beginning on thursday night with the liu sharks in their first game of the ron cooper era with quarterback Derek green who came over from smu and is the son of former nfl quarterback trent green leading the sharks against toledo Also on Thursday night, St. Francis U will travel to Akron, and the Wagner Seahawks will be looking to pick up their first win in 1,070 days as they host Fordham in the NEC's first home game of the new season that you can follow Thursday night on NEC Front Row. On Friday night, Merrimack will be hosting action, perhaps the most interesting game of the weekend. They will be welcoming in Holy Cross for a 7 p.m. kick. Merrimack went to Worcester, Massachusetts last year and upset the then 24th-ranked Crusaders. The Warriors racked up 459 yards of offense, nearly doubled Holy Cross in time of possession, went 12-for-18 on third down. Victor Dawson had a day running the football, rushing for 111 yards and a score. And first-team All-NEC wide receiver Jakari Carter caught nine passes for over 100 yards and a touchdown. little bonus stat chat right there. So great offensive production for the Warriors a year ago. But the question is, can they do it again, this time on their home field against the now 16th ranked Crusaders? We'll find out under the Friday night lights. That game will be available as well on NEC Front Row. Then on the first full college football Saturday, Central Connecticut State won't have to travel too far. They'll visit Stores, Connecticut, to take on UConn in a Connecticut State Collision. Stonehill will visit Bloomsburg in their first ever game at the FCS level. Preseason favorite Sacred Heart will have their first test at Lafayette. And Duquesne will play their second game of the season at Youngstown State. That'll just about do it for this week, our season premiere. We're coming off of the week of games before the first official week. We'll be back next week to recap all eight games coming up during this Labor Day weekend. And of course, we'll look ahead to the first conference game of the new season between Sacred Heart and Central Connecticut State, which is coming up not too far away now on September the 10th. We hope you enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Enjoy all the games, everyone. Until next week, I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Football on the Run.